Hi, everyone. It's Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie. We're back again with another self-care testimonial podcast. I'm, I'm doing a series this fall about self-care and self-love and how they fit together. Uh, and as I said last week and in the week before, I just, when I started self-care, I really thought it was more about checking off the boxes and I, I was using it to feed my inner perfectionist without realizing it. So a lot of the um, realizations I've had have actually come through my clients of watching their self-care journeys and how deeply they took the material that we were working with and, and how open they were to having a more expansive conversation around what self-care truly means. And it was through their self-acceptance and their journey that I was like, wow, I think self-care really is about self-love. So I thought, what better way to showcase that learning than to actually bring these amazing women on to have deeper conversations around what that specifically look like for them and how they're working with information in their lives. Just like last week with Erin, um, I'm still kind of one foot in maternity time and one foot in work world. So Jonah is sleeping right here and he will probably wake up during the podcast. So if you hear some noises, that will be him. And, um, and I'm very happy to have um, Arielle with us today. Hi, Arielle. Hi, Gracie. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, and it's very special to have Arielle here for many reasons. One is that she's just a, a fantastic woman and a mama to two boys and uh, finding her own work-life balance in many ways, and then also that she was in the very first Self-Care 101, the pilot group that started three years ago, and I was, I was saying before we hit record that she really believed in the vision of what I wanted to do even before I could really see what that meant. So I, I, I feel very grateful to Ariel for many reasons for being here today and also for, uh, you know, helping me start off this work and uh, very excited to catch up. So thank you for being here, Ariel. And I want to start by hearing where you were at in your life when you first decided to take the self-care course. And you and I had already known each other a little bit. So this was your, out of like a, a friendship, you were like, I'm interested in this, but I want to know like how, what, what frame of mind you were in. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like you for a long time, like through college and after college, like on paper I did a lot of things that sounded like taking care of myself, like going to yoga classes and, you know, taking spa days and spending time with friends and, you know, it all felt like, oh, you know, I'm doing this. I have this kind of balance thing <laughs> together. And then I had my first son, and the pregnancy was wonderful, and everything was healthy, and and um, and then I became a mom, and like I felt, despite having like all these things on paper that I did to take care of myself, my doula asked me like, okay, well, what are you going to do so that you feel connected to your friends? What are you going to do to take care of your body? Like, I felt so undernourished. In a lot of different ways, like food-wise, for sure. Like I found that all of the foods that I was serving myself and people were bringing me after the baby just to like didn't make me feel like nourished and whole and restored. And um, and and because my whole world had turned upside down and all the time that I had for spending time with friends, for going out for a run, for, you know, having quiet time, were basically gone because I had a baby. My first son, Rafi, spent a week in the NICU after he was born and just started on this 
you know, this really hectic road um, to start off parenting, and none of the skills that I had from before, none of the practices that I had before served me very well. And, um, and just because I was a yoga teacher and just because I kind of knew what things filled me up, like, didn't mean that they were at, like, any of that was serving me. So I was really excited um, when, Gracie, when you shared with me that you were doing this course because um, I really felt like I needed to, like, rebuild a self-care practice kind of from the ground up and the simple kind of in some ways the simplicity of the approach of kind of the daily things that you do, finding the time and the space to drink your water or brush your teeth, that kind of step-by-step kind of Kaizen approach was really appealing to me. Um, And like the practice combined with the your compassion and the compassion and acceptance of the group um, was really powerful. So um, I guess that's, that's where I was when, when we started. Yeah, I, well, I still relate to what you're saying about being, being the yoga teacher because that, that was really how we met with through Yoga Studio. We were both teaching and this idea that, like, we should know what to do because we're these people teaching other people what to do. Totally. Yeah. Talk and about then, imposter syndrome. <laughs> oh, I know. I remember feeling that way. It's like people can't really know how I live. Like people can't know that I don't have a home practice. Like that was like it was like a secret. Um, and and like something in my own self care process was kind of coming clean of like okay I don't actually have this together and I want to get some help and I I had like signed up for a course to learn about Ayurveda and that was the moment that it kind of like I saw like how many blocks I had and. Um, and doing, doing the self-care really helped to, like, start to stabilize me to have the deeper journey once I was actually, like, committed to my self-care. Then, then sort of stuff started to come up. So what, what was it like for you when you were in the work and joined the course? Did it go how you thought it would? Um, I, I'm not sure I really knew um, what, like, 100% what to expect. I knew it just a teeny bit about Ayurveda. Um, but what like I found that I had a lot of I like I often a lot of resistance, the like uh, resistance to like I, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna be able to get dinner on the table early like I can't eat early that's not I, I can't I can't do that I can't move every morning I have these kids like and even a resistance to um, letting other people's stories help heal me I like I remember being on the calls and you'd like invite one of the other women in the course to share something. And like the beginning of the story would sound like, Oh, she's not like me. (laughs) And, um, and I would listen and like, you know, not even all the way through, you know, a quarter of the way through halfway through. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) Right. Like we're, we're all like, we're all the same. (laughs) And, you know, whether it's about work or about relationships um, like we're we're all struggling with the same kinds of things and had these kind of bright light moments of like oh okay like like a this is not a unique <laughs> or particularly special feeling that I'm having everybody feels this way and like I um I don't like like the resistance is kind of imaginary or I mean I feel it but the, the like the barriers are you know are sort of imaginary and I remember thinking. Like, oh, you know, I'll never get to bed early. And then hearing the other women in the course 
who didn't have kids who were like, I need for my social life to go out after work. And then I was like, oh, wow, like being a parent actually is steering me on this journey because I have to go to bed early too. And, um, and you know, and being able to sort of see, um, you know, when I could like realize that what was coming up was just resistance <laughs> and um, I could, you know, like acknowledge that I was feeling it and like not just be creative and kind and patient about like the little steps that I could do to fit in um, some of the practices, but also see where my life like actually served, you know, like was very, you know, like a a welcoming place for many of those practices. Um, And that like the same kinds of nourishing foods I wanted to feed my son um, because at the, I guess at the time he was like just about starting to eat table foods um, were the things that I wanted to eat myself and um, and so that, like, it, it definitely opened up this, like, self-care is not just for, you know, like, single yoga teachers <laughs> um, who don't have any responsibilities. And, I mean, I have to, like, to be totally honest, I think the, 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 the bit of skepticism that I had about the course when we started was, like, well, of course Gracie can do all these things because <laughs> she's a single yoga teacher who doesn't have a day job, you know, who doesn't have, like, a nine-to-five job. And, um, and you know, the, the, like, taking the course helped me see, like, no, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not, it's not just for those people, and, uh, and it's, you know, the work that uh, people who have, have more responsibilities and have more constraints just, like, makes the benefit sweeter. You just said so many things that I think are so important, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I have to say that I had like a little bit of that fear too. And I was like, I'm leading people into this who are moms. And that's always been like my biggest insecurity in the work is like, how can I tell a mother how to take care of herself? Because I don't understand what that's like. And it's, I'm like two months into my mothering journey right now. And I, I, I'm like, yeah, it's super hard, like harder yeah. than like, I don't think anyone could have like prepared me for how much self-sacrifice is in this journey. And it makes the self-care that much more important. And oh like, goodness. yeah, yeah, every little thing that I can do for myself. I'm like, if I didn't have these practices, like I, I just like, it's micro, like really just like the 30 second practice. And it like builds, it builds my strength back up so I can go back in It like replenishes my reserve. So I still, I still like, I'm like, I don't know what this is going to be like six months from now or having a second child, but I, I like, I, I feel like heartened that like this can work for all of us. Yeah. No, so thank you for saying that. And something you said earlier too about how our, our other people's stories can heal us, I, which is so what happens in this work. And I've never phrased it like that. And I really love how you, how you said that um, and how that just that power of being able to like, like kind of struggle together with how to do this is there's something that in and of itself that that's a healing aspect of it. Maybe, maybe even like, I think one of the more healing aspects of the work. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, sometimes it's just, you just like, it's like seeing these challenges through another lens, right? We get so entrenched in our day to day and like, it just like, this just has to be this way. These are my relationships. These are this is my budget constraints. This is where I'm stuck. And you hear, other people talk through their thing and you're like, oh, huh, <laughs> wow, hearing it that way makes you think I could, I could do that too. I had, um, I um, had, uh, I have a good friend who used to live in D.C. who 
is like this phenomenal woman and for a long time really struggled with um, finding a relation, like a, a good long-term relationship. She really wanted one and couldn't find one. And, um, uh, and she was like about to quit OkCupid. And this guy living in San Francisco um, was also about to quit OkCupid. And the last thing that he did was to take off the geographic filter uh, for like the kinds of matches that it would suggest. And, um, and, and, and they suggested her as match. And, um, and they connected like over, you know, messaging through OkCupid and email. And, and like they're the most perfect people for one another. They're both Croatian. Like, I mean, you see them together, you're like, oh my goodness, how can those people not be together? And, um, and you know, now they live together in Seattle and they're happy and they have a little boy. But like what I took from the story was like, oh, Sometimes you just have to remove some of the constraints, the artificial constraints that we put on ourselves, like geography, and you know, and then and then what we need comes to us, and um, and like not six months later, we started to have a conversation in our own family about like how we were thriving, and we felt really alone in D.C. and we didn't have any family to help us. And so um, we started to have a conversation about whether we should move to Chicago, where we have some, some family, um, more support. And I started to look for a job um, in healthcare, which is what I do. I was looking in Chicago, and I met a woman in Chicago who was like, oh, well, I work for a startup that's based in San Francisco, but you can move to Chicago or not and, you know, and, you know, and do this work. And so I joined this company. And all of a sudden, I worked from home, and like the entire energy in my world changed. And um, anyhow, it was a lesson to me that like a other people's <laughs> other people's stories can be really illuminating, and b like you have a lot more control over, or like you have a lot more like there's a lot more flexibility in the universe than it often feels like. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, like, it's interesting sometimes. I talk to a lot of people about their self-care stuff and I'm, you know, suggesting ideas or listening for things. And it's, it's funny sometimes how much people want to argue for their limitations. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. It's like, is that true? Like, do you, like, can we talk about whether or not that's true? Like, no, 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 we can't talk about it. And it's, it's this idea, I think, that we need to keep our worlds a little bit smaller sometimes because they feel safer. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, like, the thing that I find most amazing about self-care is that it in and of itself it stabilizes me especially routines mm. yeah. and um and my routines are so weird right now because they're like me you know with 15 minutes in the morning to kind of get all my stuff together so you know like I can go to work and I can be cared for for the day but I do the same kind of 15 minute preparation every morning and it really stabilizes me and I find that when I find these other things or like a group that's really supportive that stabilizes me it, it gives me more space to explore possibilities in other realms of my life whereas before I would need that old story to kind of stabilize me so it's um I love that that worked out for you and that you you were able to be flexible in, yeah. in your approach to things yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, I think it, um, it, one of the things I expect that you'll find as Jonah gets bigger is that he is going to change all the time. <laughs> and so you might have a, you might have a routine that really works for you and then it's not going to work. <laughs> and like there's that same, you know, that same, and we went through it. Uh, my husband and I went through it a lot. Like, 
we had just figured out how we can like both get a run in in the morning and how we could eat our breakfast and then like daylight saving times happen or you know the kid had developmental had a developmental leap and then you're like what do I do and that you know you just like over time build that resili- resiliency and like that that acceptance that change um, is, is going to happen. Um, the other thing about routines, I find that it, I mean, it's like really healing and stabilizing for us and also for our kids. Um, how like, you know, creating these rituals and routines that they can expect really help them make sense of the world um, and feel um, a, a real, you know, just like, like they can feel confident when they know, um, you know, when they know what's going to happen, and you know, it can give them some agency that's hard, hard to have when you're when you're two. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I have so much compassion for being a baby now because I'm like, you, there's you can't pick yourself up, you can't do anything, and the world is huge, and you don't have any filter framework to make sense of it. Like it's, I'm like, of course, go back to sleep. Like that's probably the best thing for you right now. And little by little, we like can make sense of this together. But I think before I was like, oh, babies have it so easy. They can just sleep. I'm like, no. And from their perspective, it seems like a lot. And I feel that in all of us, that we all have this like part of ourselves that's very innocent and that needs just that structure and support to make sense of this very big world. Like I think once we start to realize that we can open our perception and see more opportunities and really go after our desires and dreams, there's, there's a lot of beauty in that. But it's also kind of terrifying if we don't have the supports in place and routines or friends or whatever it is. Um, well, you've been doing this process now for three years or just, you know, mm-hmm. you've taken the skills that you learned in self-care 101 and worked with them in your own life. And what is, what has it been like and how have they settled? And I guess in particular, like how, how has that helped you in your own process of self acceptance and self love? Yeah. Um, so it's funny, there's a, there's a couple of things. So, I, like, I only, like, I struggled with, because um, I'm, like, I'm a person who likes to, like, follow the rules and check the boxes. I, in, the, in the course, I always, like, struggled with, like, I could never do the things in the right order. <laughs> like, well, like, I could never, like, I can never go to the bathroom first thing in the morning or, um, you know, I, like, that it, that, like, it never felt like it, like, totally fit exactly. Um, and once I finally let go of, like, needing to do it in exactly the right order, <laughs> um, over time, you know, I, like, have been able to, you know, like, season by season, year by year, um, you know, find, you know, little, you know, little openings and, you know, my, my little tricks to, you know, to fit in the things that really fuel me. And so, you know, it's things like um, taking, like, uh, like starting when uh, starting to like run with my older son to his preschool in a jogging stroller, so that every day I got to run in, you know, no matter what. That there, you know, that I could kind of do my self care while I was also accomplishing, um, you know, things that needed to happen, like taking um, taking my kids to the school. Um, so it's like the. Um, the practice of just kind of like fitting my self-care into my day has really blossomed. And I think it, I have like a, like a much greater awareness of what I need and uh, like curiosity about how I can fit it in as opposed to that kind of resistance of like, oh, no, 
gosh, well, you know, now they're waking up earlier and I don't have the time. Um, so that's one thing. And um, another thing is, I mean, I've always, like, my whole life, like, always really been surrounded by groups of women. That's just kind of like, I've always had a lot of women in my life, and that's been a really um, fueling and, you know, important thing for me. And um, the last few years, I, like, it's sort of crystallized that I have these various circles. They're not so much concentric, but, like, you know, uh, like, maybe it's kind of a Venn diagram of (laughs) circles of women who I connect with. And it's like a lot more circles of women than like, than seem reasonable to have. Like my women from college and my women from my urban family, like my first friends in DC, my yoga teacher friends, my Jewish mamas. And, um, and like, I sometimes feel um, like a little bit guilty. Like I'm, um, I'm asking too much of my husband to give me the space to, to connect with those people. Um, this year I like took three, three different weekend retreats with these different groups of women. And um, I have a group of Jewish mamas, um, a collective that we call Hineni, which means like here I am, right? Like we're present in this group. Um, we meet one Saturday a month. And I, like I feel guilty about asking for that time, but like like knowing how powerful it is to have these um, these circles, and knowing like kind of commensurate to how much I give to the world, like to my kids and to my job and to my yoga students, like I really really have to fill up my cup. <laughs> it's like not even a cup. It's like a really big pitcher. <laughs> um, and um, and so that's been. Um, that's been really wonderful. And like, it, it, I mean, let them seem silly. Like, of course I was covered, you know, surrounded by women, you know, my whole life. I wouldn't need that. But like the intentionality of saying like, I need to gather with these people and in this way so that I can do the things that, um, that, you know, that I want to do and that the world is asking me to do. Yeah. I love all of that. I, I, um, I, yeah, I, I feel the same way around just like circles of women and um, and how much power is like available to us if we can be intentional on in how we gather and sort of like the decadent feeling of that too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's too much because <laughs> it is so rich to be together and it does, it does fill us up. And when I see the self-care one-on-one retreats, um, which I don't think because I didn't do one for the pilot group. Yeah, you, I don't think get, you ever. Yeah. We had like a day long thing, which was really lovely. Um, at the end of that group, so you're invited if you ever want to come to a self care one on one retreat. You're always invited to come. Thank to you. Explore. But it's it's the same kind of thing that I have people come in the beginning, and I'm like, pay attention to how like connected you feel to yourself and to the women in this room and to life itself right now. And yeah. um, I use the Ayurvedic term ojas. I'm like like feel how much OJS you have in your system. Like what's your immunity? Like what's your resilience like? And then I want you to like pay attention when you leave the retreat on Sunday and everyone like writes me afterwards. They're like, I left and I was like looking at the trees and I belonged to the trees and I like, like loved everyone in the world. And I, I just, I think that that is like a decadence that we need to make time for. So it's, it's really profound for me to listen to that being like your, your way of practicing like a deep form of self care and how that contributes to your ability to, to like offer love to the world. Yeah. I, I read, 
uh, I read something recently, I'm not going to remember the name of the psychologist who wrote this book, but um, she is there, she's really down on the, um, even the term self-care because of the implication that, um, that like you are responsible for taking care of you and, um, and that it doesn't give enough, uh, it doesn't pay enough attention to the ways that we need to let other people care for us. And, um, you know, I know I've read um, some of the stuff you've written, Gracie, about how, how hard it is to, like, to ask for help and to, to be helped, especially um, after having a baby. And, um, and there is something about the kind of this circle of women that is the perfect, the circles of women that's the, the perfect balance because you, you know, you kind of like everyone, like we, we, we ask each other to show up and um, and then just kind of the the support happens naturally, and um, and so it's um, it's nice like it, it 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 without having to say like can you come to my house and watch my kids <laughs> or like um, can you you know on this one off time you know cook for me um, that we kind of create this habit of holding space for each other of cooking for each other of. Um, you know, of listening to each other's stories um, in a way that's, you know, so, so healing in ways you don't even expect. Sometimes you show up and you're like, whoa, I didn't <laughs> know that was going to come out. Um, but that, like, uh, so re- you know, she really wants to reframe self-care in this way that um, is, just, is not just about you taking, you know, care of yourself alone. Yeah, oh, that's like the, the community of, of care, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I think I think it's really uh, so healing in a culture that um, promises that all of the riches are in like individual expression. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then we just feel so lonely at the end of that. And I think that's that's where I, I see a lot of people coming into this work of like, yeah, I'm doing it all right, but I like on this really deep level, I still feel pretty alone. And I yeah. think until we get that sense that we're worthy of receiving. And that's still, it's like, so my edge all the time is like, okay, I'm worthy. Like that was just the postpartum time for me was like when people would drop dishes off at the house, I was so grateful. And so just like kind of uh, mortified on the inside of like, am I worthy to like get this? And it was like really interesting to watch myself in that space of like, yeah, I, I'm really comfortable giving, but like, I, like I, I will never give from an open heart until I can learn how to receive with an open heart too. So that's, that's been like a huge lesson. But I think there's just like, once we can feel that we're worthy of receiving, then I think the giving does come from a different place. That's not like this like obligatory self-sacrificing, okay, I guess I can give a little bit more. But I think it comes from this more regenerating well which I hear you, like you talking about of just this this picture that we have that is tapped into all women and all people and it sounds it sounds a little bit corny I think until you experience it and then it's <laughs> like oh no this is what it is and then it's like okay we we do belong to each other like we we we're here for each other and and that's why when people say that self care is selfish I'm like okay let's talk about this here <laughs> because I think it's really like. The, if we can show up for ourselves in this way, there was this interesting thing that I heard some yoga, like fancy big yoga teacher say once, I can't remember who, but they were saying that they practice yoga for their students, that showing up for their own self-care practice of yoga is for their students, and then they teach for themselves. And um, 
and that always like there there was something like so illogical about it that it kind of made sense that it was just like when I take the time to like really show up for myself that's what I can give to my students and then kind of the richness and the reward is getting to like be in the room and kind of interacting in the moment and that's that was more of like my my self-care taking in as well I I mean so I I that resonates with me so much um at like I, I I don't actually feel like I mean right a yoga practice can 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 take many forms right? and everybody's at different parts of their journey so I like I don't want to denigrate what my yoga practice looked like before I became a teacher but um, my practice feels so much deeper now that I'm a teacher and it's not because I like know how to do the poses that much better um, probably there are things that I practice less now than I'm a teacher but when I do the work to show up and to hold the space and, you know, to offer a frame for my students to practice, that is what feels really healing to me and that I can offer something. And and I often have this moment where I'm like, okay, what's the thing I'm supposed to offer? What's the thing I'm supposed to talk about? And then (laughs) I'm like, dummy, just teach what you need. <laughs> share, you know, share what your heart needs and, um, you know, there's a decent chance that your students will benefit from it. And, right, there are probably people who think that, you know, think that the things that I say and do are kooky. Um, but then there are people who say, oh, my goodness, I, you cannot know how much I needed what you offer today. And, it's, you know, and, it, like, and I don't think that it's a reflection of me being a very good yoga teacher as, like, that, um, of, as much as a reflection of the work that I have done to really care for myself and to be aware of what I need and to be aware of kind of how my inclinations and my constitution are kind of fitting into what's going on around us. Um, and, you know, like I was just telling a colleague yesterday about the, the, the construct of, um, of the doshas and, you know, how it is and like this idea that like it's not just you. <laughs> like it's not just that like, you know, like you, you, like you don't have to own all the crazy that you feel in October <laughs> because like the universe is crazy in October. And, the, you know, the minute you could start to say like you don't have to own everything <laughs> that's happening and that you can, um, you know, approach how you're feeling from this place of, you know, like expansive awareness and compassion, you know, it starts to feel much more accessible. And in curiosity too, like what you said yeah. before, is like getting curious. It's like, whoa, what is this? And I think now when I'm like kind of been experiencing an imbalance in myself, I'm like, what is going on? Like, where is it a full moon? Like, where are we in the seasons? Like, how does self care fit into that? And it becomes this more of like an opportunity to deepen rather yeah. than proof of like limitation that is like personal to me. And that was, I think that's been really big in my journey is that of, of just. Yeah, not not using yoga and self care as a way to like flagellate myself. Like it's is really it's like how to really use these practices to liberate and um, and connect. So it's it's deep. Um, yeah. Well, so from all of this, like like from the current day, Ariel, seeing the world, like how would you define self care to to someone around you? What what is self care? I, 
what's going to come out is not going to sound particularly eloquent, but <laughs> I'll, um, I'll give a try. Um, to me, self-care is Like it starts from a place of of real awareness about what your body and your spirit need to thrive. Hi, Jonah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he woke up. He's having a little um, nurse right now. Uh, that right. And then it starts from a place of really understanding what your body and your spirit need to thrive, and that the kind of care is you know, finding a set of practices that can um, can address those needs in the real world, right? That, like, it's not, you know, it, it can be restorative to kind of retreat or, you know, do something um, really out of the ordinary, but, like, at its, at its core, self-care is kind of how you replenish yourself every day, um, and how you nourish yourself every day, um, and you know, and like how you kind of build the resiliency to live in the world and um, and to do the work that you're put here to do. And um, and it is, and it is like, it's like, you know, it's much more like um, like gardening than I'm trying to think of a. Um, a thing to contrast it with, right? That um, you can't just when you when you when you plant, you know, seeds in a garden, um, you can't just like put them in there and then like have what you want, <laughs> um, right? Like some some does, some stuff does it on its own, but like you know to you know to really um, reap the benefits of a garden, you have to water it and you have to weed it and you have to prune it and you have to pay attention to it and you have to show up every day or, you know, frequently for your garden um, as opposed to the like, oh, well, I could just, you know, like once a year I go, you know, to a spa and I just, you know, <laughs> I, you know, do some things for myself and then I come back and the rest of the time, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'm not connected to those, you know, those deep like body and spirit needs. Um so I think it's that it's that kind of um, self care is that ten, that kind of tending um, in you know in both you know in both you know sometimes dramatic but sometimes you know really humble ways um, and you know and it's kind of like kind of to to build on the garden analogy it um, it's both about growing things and about pulling things out. <laughs> And um, and about watering and you know and fueling, um, and about you know observing the beauty that grows and not hating too much on the stuff that doesn't look particularly beautiful, but you know just that kind of real you know like diligence around tending you know your own plot. I thought that was pretty eloquent. <laughs> it's a great metaphor. It's really helps. It really speaks of a lot of perspective and discipline and appreciation, which I think are really what I've seen works for for self care. Everyone's journey is 
individual, and yet there's something that feels the same of watching so many people go through a, a deeper experience of self-care together. So, Ariel, thank you for sharing your story. It's, it's uh, like you said, stories are healing, and I feel healed by yours and inspired. Um, and I hope everyone listening out there has something that they can take from it as well. I think, I think we, like, can't talk about this stuff too much. Like once the right. more that we keep talking about it and showing up, it's like, oh yeah, okay, now I remember. This is why I do this. These aren't mechanical practices. So thank you for sharing your truth with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Well, okay, everyone, let's keep on keeping on and uh, in following in Ariel's words, like like show up for yourself today and water water your garden and prune back something and plant something and and do all the things that make you feel like you are. Um, like a full participant in your own life because you deserve it. So thank you all. And I look forward, I'll be back next week with another self-care testimonial from um, another amazing woman who's taken the program. And if you are interested, I'm starting to sign people up for the winter program that starts in January, right after the new year. I think when we're all ready to kind of make some changes and need some support through the the rest of the winter. So you can go to self-care with Gracie and um, scroll down to the events site and click and you can fill out an application and we'll talk and see if it's a good fit for you so thank you Ariel. thank you all bye-bye thanks Tracy. bye bye-bye hi this is gracie with beautiful life self-care thanks so much for listening to the show i hope you learned something new If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, and remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.